G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I live in a pretty rough neighborhood. I have four other housemates, but they're all away for the festive season. We're students. At Christmas, I was gifted one of those uh, those ring doorbells that has a camera kind of thing. I attached it to the frame outside of my door, which looks outwards towards an old pub, and a couple of days went by, and then the postman rang the doorbell, which was pleasant, and it worked a treat. However, a couple of days later on my way back from work, I noticed that the ring bell had been stolen. I hadn't even thought about this, but of course, it had to have been stolen, right? I was annoyed, but I wasn't surprised is what I'm getting at. But this, this is where it gets creepy though. Last night, the doorbell rang through to my phone. It was really late and I was still alone in the house, but the screen was dark and it was just an image of my house, which meant that the person that stole it was sitting outside filming my house with my own ring doorbell. I was pretty shaken by this. The area is pretty rough and I've been assaulted and robbed once before. The image quickly turned black as if the culprit had placed the doorbell back in their pocket or something. I peered out the curtain at around where I thought the person had been filming the house from, but no one was there. I was a teenager in the 90s and on this particular night, I'd found myself stuck in downtown. It was around midnight when I finally found a semi-well-lit bus stop and I looked at the bus schedule and realized that I'd missed the last bus of the night, unless it was late. And so I decided to wait on the bench for a little while just to see if the bus would come. But moments later, a tall man walked up and sat right next to me. There was plenty of space to sit elsewhere for him, mind you, but he huddled up nice and close. He was wearing all black including a black leather jacket and he started making smooth conversation with me and I finally looked over at him and he was very tan, had shiny wavy black hair and really orange eyes, like a, a bright hazel orange snake looking eye, which contrasted with his dark features and clothes. I know this is going to sound a little bit weird but he looked really like the devil in person. He took off his leather jacket and laid it across my lap to keep me warm and I took it off and handed it back to him and said, no thanks. He kept draping it back on my lap and I looked around for other people and only saw a passed out homeless person sleeping on the bench. He was trying to coerce me into getting a ride with him because it's so late and he's worried about me and my bus isn't coming and I'm not safe. I said, no thanks, my bus should be here any minute. In my mind, I, I didn't know if the bus would actually be here at all, but the streets were dead and dark and I was scared to leave this only spot that was well lit. After what seemed like an eternity, my bus finally came. It was the most beautiful bus that I'd ever seen. I quickly got up and said my bus is here and 
He sneered at the bus and said under his breath, You got lucky. I got on the bus and saw at the window that he was walking to his car in a dark parking lot across the street from where the stop was. He stood next to his car waving at me to come to him as if that would change my mind. I was a wild teen that partied a lot and I would stay downtown just all hours of the night and thought that I was invincible but after that incident I never stayed out late again, especially alone. I actually think that I really did get lucky that night and I had no intention of pushing it again. This happened years ago and it still gives me the shivers when I think about it. I was actually in grade 8 at the time. So it was late at night and I was laying in bed just trying to sleep. It was summertime and it was really hot outside, so I had my bedroom window open. My window had a screen on it so that no bugs could get in too. When, all of a sudden, I, I heard some faint banging up against the house below my window. It woke me out of my sleep and I called out for my mum, whose bedroom was across the hall, and she came into my room and turned the light on. I said I heard something outside. She replied with something along the lines of, just go back to sleep, it was probably just the wind. So, I eventually fell asleep. The next morning I woke up like normal and carried on with my day and a few hours later we were all going out as a family somewhere. I forget where we were going. And as we were walking out the door to our vehicle, my dad says, why is the ladder up against the house? We all looked over and there was a a ladder leaning up against my bedroom window. My mum started freaking out and ran to my room and looked at my window and after inspecting my window she noticed that the window screen, it had been cut open as if someone had taken a knife to it. And then it clicked. Those noises that I heard the night before against the house was someone trying to take a freaking ladder to my window and cut my screen open. But they must have heard me wake up and call out to my mum or something and got scared and just ran off. But this incident, it gives me chills to this day because I often think, what if I didn't wake up? What if they got into my bedroom? What would have happened? Nothing like that's ever happened to me or my family before, so it really scared me and I didn't sleep for weeks. I kept my window shut and locked at all times, even if it was too hot. I have no idea who it was and we haven't had any incidences since then. And my parents still live in the same house too, but it was really creepy nonetheless. When I was little, about seven or eight I'd say, my mum and stepdad used to take me with them to visit a friend. The adults hung out in this guy's garage and I had to play with the other kids outside. The only time that we went into the actual house is if someone had to go to the bathroom. I would never go in there by myself because I always wanted my mum to go with me. The bathroom was at the top of the stairs and the house was kind of old and I remember it being really fun because there was one of those, uh, those stair lift chairs and sometimes we got to ride it up to the bathroom. The chair belonged to the guy's mother who actually lived there with him. She was really old with more white hair and she always sat on the sofa in the living room across from the bottom of the stairs watching TV and she never spoke or looked at you when you came in and I always assumed that she was just deaf or senile. 
A couple of years ago, I was talking to my mum about this guy's house and how creeped out I was to go in there alone. I told my mum, and there was always that old lady sitting there in the living room, and she never looked at us, and it was really creepy. My mum got this wide-eyed look and said, What old lady? Apparently, the guy's mother had died a few years ago before we even started going over there. But I know that I saw her every single time too and i can tell you every detail of what she looked like down to her clothing and the brown crochet afghan that she always wore around her shoulders and my mum and i were both pretty freaked out by this along these lines too she told me a story that day of how once she was in the bathroom at the top of the stairs in that same house and she heard someone come up the stairs and jiggle the doorknob to the bathroom she yelled out just a minute and then she looked out the window to her left to the toilet and saw that everyone that was there standing around outside in the yard was everyone who was at the party. She zipped up super fast and yanked open the door and there was no one there. I'd love to go back to that house as an adult but sadly the guy who lived there moved away and we don't know the people who live there now so I guess that... This is uh, all the information that I'll ever get. So I was about 15-ish at the time and lived in East Tennessee, and I still do, but I digress. I absolutely loved walking in those woods as all of the fallen trees and the brier patches and the mud holes just made a fun little obstacle course of sorts. Another thing that will be important later is that I also have a deep interest in the paranormal and occult and things of that nature, they never really freaked me out too much. So I had started off into the woods that day just sort of for a short walkabout. But this time though, I decided to go just a little bit farther than I usually did and in my house had just left my line of sight when I found something odd. And that something was an area of the forest in which absolutely nothing was growing. There weren't any trees or moss or grass or mushrooms or anything. This area happened to be in the shape of a large oval too and I couldn't see any imperfections in its shape. There weren't any signs that it was man-made either so naturally I just sort of stood there and marveled at the strange plot of land. But shortly after things started to get a little bit weird. I started hearing some unnatural noise and it sounded like it was coming from everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. I could hear it right in my ears and from the forest around me and it was getting louder too. It took me a minute to identify the sound but it sounded like it was a, a group of women harmonizing. At least that's what it sounded like to me. Now, by this point, I was kind of a little bit excited to be honest and I was and still am in love with the paranormal and whatever was happening was obviously not a natural occurrence. I wanted to stay and observe but I guess whatever or whoever was there was telling me to leave. The harmonizing soon filled my ears too and was actually beginning to be painfully loud. In spite of this, I, I stayed adamant about staying there but then came the weirdest part. I just got really scared all of a sudden and bolted back in the direction of my house without warning. I tore through briars and mud, not even trying to slip past them until I just found myself in my backyard again. As I stood there covered in scrapes and mud and trickled with blood, I, 
I realized that I wasn't actually the one that was moving my body. It was almost like I was in complete autopilot or something. I mean, I knew very well what I was doing, but I wasn't the one telling my body to do it. I don't know, it's, it's really difficult to describe. But being my hard-headed self, I actually tried to find the spot again, even though I was legitimately scared by that happening. But no matter how many times I looked through those woods, I never found that place again. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice? At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect, pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This happened last week and it was about 11pm and my city has been in the midst of a huge water storm with heaps of rain and cold nights. Just as I'm getting ready for bed, my wife tells me that a minivan needs gas, and being the awesome husband that I am, I tell her that I'll get dressed and take a van to the gas station so that she doesn't have to first thing in the morning and in the rain and whatnot. The streets are pretty empty, and I don't go to the nearest station to my house, but to one further away because it's cheaper. There is a steady rain, and some streets are dark, and as I pull off from the main road onto a side road that will eventually lead to the other main road where the station is, I stop at the light. I just happen to look over at the right-hand side of the street, and there's a storm drain there, and water is flowing pretty good down the drain, and this part of the street isn't too dark as the light from the intersection illuminated this area. Now, just as I'm looking, I... I see a, like a, a black figure crawl to the storm drain and at first I think it's some kind of debris as it's approaching the drain but as I look and it gets closer I can see that it has legs, a head, a torso and arms too. It proceeds to crawl into the storm drain and with its arms it lowers itself down holding onto the curb and then just jumps in. I was like what the hell is that? It looked bigger than a dog, but smaller than a child, I think. If I had to describe what I saw, I would say it kind of looked like a monkey or 
or something like that. Maybe a fast-moving sloth. Whatever the case, it was definitely humanoid, and it was weird. Also, I, I definitely wasn't half asleep or drunk, and I know I didn't imagine it. I also don't live in an area with lots of wildlife, but just the occasional skunk or possum and coyote, and that's pretty much it. Either way, why would any animal just jump into a storm drain with a good amount of water flowing into it? It was weird, and it looked like a person, but a tiny person, and uh, I don't know what to think. So, it was last Sunday night, during the blood moon and lunar eclipse, that my friend and I decided to drive up this mountain that's about um, 40-ish minutes outside of my town. We live in northwest Washington, right by the border, in some rural communities. This mountain borders a Native American reservation as well, which I'll get into later, and is now used for logging and has public access to trails and all that. So, uh, my friend had been to this mountain about a year before, and he swears that he saw something in the trees that looked sort of like a man, but way off, and it disappeared before he could have another look. So, uh, going to this mountain, I was already thinking to myself, oh great, I bet we're going to come across some sort of Bigfoot shit or whatever. But I'm stoked for the great view, so it wasn't really a big deal. We reached this mountain and begin making our way up, and... I immediately just feel really uneasy, but couldn't really put my finger on it. We probably spent a good hour driving to the top because we kept getting lost on side roads for small amounts of time, and I'm just not getting good vibes at all at this point. There was one spot in particular too that just made my skin crawl. Normally when I get a bad vibe, I can kind of like feel around. I don't know if that makes sense, and I kind of get a sense of where it's coming from, but... This time I I just couldn't pinpoint it. Everything around me was just giving me this really off feeling. But we reached the top and have to turn around because our dumbasses didn't realize that they closed the top viewpoint for the night and blocked the road with a gate, which in hindsight we're actually both very grateful for now. On the way down I, I noticed that my friend is visibly on edge too and he didn't believe in the paranormal at all and thought that I was full of crap when I would tell him about my experiences. We both just wanted to get the hell off that mountain though and we keep seeing stuff moving in the trees but couldn't determine if it was just shadows playing tricks or not. It very well could have been, mind you. When we're a good portion of the way down, we stopped the car for a split second because there was a pretty view just from the road and we at least wanted to see some sort of view since the top was closed. So we stop and we both hear this noise that's unlike anything that I've ever heard. It did not sound like any animal and I spent the whole next day listening to various animal noises to try and compare and nothing at all came close. It sounded really aggressive and almost metallic and it came from directly behind the car. Side note too, whenever I've had an experience where I'm positive that I've encountered something... My eyes start to water and I sort of just cry and the instant that I heard this sound, my eyes started filling with tears so I already knew that something sketchy was up. We both just look at each other though and we can just feel this thing. I've never felt just so much evil and hate in my life. It felt like it was directly behind us and 
It just felt really big and really pissed at us too. To be quite honest too, I've, I've never been so full of just absolute terror. So my friend screams and he just floors it and I instantly shine my phone light into the back seat because I felt like whatever was there was right in the car with us and I remember saying, what the hell was that, as he's flooring it and he said, I don't know but I don't want to hear that ever again. So I'm basically sobbing as we're hauling ass down that mountain and I'm trying to calm us down by talking about my history class or just anything and we finally reach the road and get our asses home and I remember him turning to me and saying, I know exactly what you've been talking about now. Now, my friend is the biggest skeptic and even he absolutely could not explain what he heard and felt. We get back to his place though and we're flipping our shit and he starts to look into that mountain and the tribe that lives next to it and I begin to wonder if his experience the year before had anything to do with it. And he immediately finds native folklore from the local tribes that have to do with these creatures called stick Indians, which are malevolent forest or mountain spirits that sort of resemble what we think of as Bigfoot. They lead lost travelers astray with eerie noises and clicking and whistles and whatnot. I'm not extremely educated on this topic though, so any further information or ideas would be appreciated. Anyway, he's convinced that that's what we've encountered, which definitely fits everything we experienced on that mountain. I also found a local post from a few years ago about skinwalkers that detailed an experience very similar to ours on that same mountain. Now, let me just say that I have no clue what we encountered, so this is all just speculation. I just know how scared I was and, and normally when I have an experience, I kind of freak out for a minute or two and then I'm fine and think it's actually pretty cool. But this time around, I have wanted absolutely nothing to do with it again. I'm actually still pretty terrified and have trouble falling asleep because all I can do is think about what happened. Whatever we both felt was just extremely negative and really aggressive. Now, to the skeptics out there, we definitely potentially could both be idiots and nothing supernatural at all occurred, but I don't know about this one. The fear that we felt was more than just being spooked out by something. It was full on fight or flight mode and I was completely overwhelmed with the feeling from that thing and I never ever want to feel that again and especially never go back to that mountain again. Even my friend is having trouble with it too and like I said, he's the biggest skeptic I know. Anyway, do any of you guys have any thoughts or are we just being idiots? Or did we encounter a stick Indian or something else? The stick Indian theory does make the most sense to me as we were on historical native land and maybe it was angry because of its home being logged and just wanted us out of there or something. Also, maybe the blood moon and the eclipse caused a spike in supernatural activity or something. I don't know what it was, and sorry for such a long and twisty post, but I'm also trying to make sense of this as I write it. Any thoughts or opinions or similar experiences would really be very much appreciated. This experience still shakes me up to this day. I don't know exactly what happened, and I live in a very safe neighborhood, which just makes this even creepier because it goes to show that you never know what may lie beneath. 
So my nephew was about five years old. I was asked to babysit him for the night, and I was young at the time and didn't really know how to watch a kid, so I'd figured I'd just put on Netflix for a few hours. We went to the kids' section of Netflix and started watching some show about talking cars or something. This was about 5pm, so it was sunlight out, and perpendicular to the couch is a sliding glass door, and the curtain for the door was open. I was sitting on the couch with my nephew as we watched TV together. My nephew really liked the show too, so we kept watching. This went on for a few hours until it was dark outside, and in my foolishness, I turned on some lights, but I never did shut the curtain. It was one of those things where other people can see in, but all you see from inside is the blackness of the night. My backyard is adjacent to a big field, so there's no streetlights out there or anything too. And suddenly, I heard the sound of one of the deck chairs being dragged across the deck. I instantly recognized this sound and just assumed it was my parents. Why they would have come home and silently then go outside to move around deck furniture in the middle of the night is something I just didn't really think about. Like I said, it's a safe neighborhood. We watched TV though for maybe an hour until it was bedtime and when I brought my nephew to bed... I realized my parents had been home and I asked them who was out on the deck. But they both denied ever going out on the deck and that creeped me out a bit. So I went to the kitchen and turned on the deck light and from the window I could see that the deck chair had been dragged from its usual spot at the outside table about 5 or 10 feet away to the sliding glass door. The chair was directly facing the window less than a foot away from the glass too but right in front of the opening in the curtains. From where it was, the person would have had a perfect view of me and my nephew, and the chair was positioned like someone had just pulled it up and taken a seat, like we were the show or something. I never noticed anyone outside the window or felt like I was being watched or anything, which, I, I don't know, kind of makes it creepier in a way. But it gets worse. The next day, I went out to take a look and I found two big handprints with the fingers spread out on my bedroom window. My bedroom window was on the first floor. Luckily, the room used to be my brother's and he's had some problems with sneaking girls in and so my parents installed some pretty good locks to the point where the window just can't be opened anymore. To this day, I have no idea what happened. It's been several years with no other signs of peeping Tom since then, but safe to say, the incident shook me to my core. And... I don't leave my curtains open at night anymore. This happened last year in May, and at the time I was 15 years old and I was in the 10th grade at high school. My high school has an afternoon program for the 9th and 10th graders, and this meant that my classes started at 12pm and I sometimes finished at 5 or 6pm, rarely at 7pm too. For three days, on the 25th, the 26th and the 27th of May, I've been attending a convention, Eastern European Comic Con, which was really far away from home and on the other side of the city. To get there from home, I, I had to use the subway, about nine stations, and the bus about six stations. Because the first day of the convention was the 25th, a Friday, I went directly from my high school with my best friend Mary and stayed only two to three hours. I didn't want to come home late and honestly I was just really exhausted because I finished my classes at 5.30pm. 
Also, the, the roads are really busy on a Friday night. Everything was fine and I came home really happy because I had lots of fun. The next day it was the 26th and it was a Saturday and usually on the weekends, the subway is 10 times more empty and the roads get busy only in the evening. So I met my friend at the bus station in the morning at 9am and we went together to the convention. There we met other friends and stayed about 10 to 11 hours and she had to wait for her mum to come and pick her up but my parents insisted that I had to get home using the public transport system. They said this because they thought that it would be an inconvenience for her parents to pick me up. Clearly though, this is something that my parents regret now. Everything was fine during the bus ride home though. I was listening to music, scrolling through Facebook and just minding my own business. When I got to the subway, it was really empty and you could barely see any people. It was about 8pm-ish, so it wasn't a really big surprise. But because I had to change to the thoroughfare, I needed to walk about 5 minutes still on the subway to get to the train that leads to the nearest station to my home. As I was waiting for the train, a man starts walking around me. He was in his 30s and he was looking pretty bad and... He had red puffy eyes and dirt on his hands and face too. At first he walked past me, three times mind you, and I felt like he was walking in circles around me or something. As an instinct, I, I put my phone in my pocket and took off my headphones and unplugged them. The train arrived in about four minutes and it honestly felt like an eternity. I sat down and tried not to panic and he sat down right next to me. We were the only ones in the subway wagon and... I thought to myself, why would you sit right next to me when there are just lots of empty seats? There was an old man that was sitting at the other end of the train and I wanted to get to him so I could feel a little bit safer and as I stood up, this dude literally grabbed my hand and pulled me really hard and I fell back on my seat. He started smiling and said, if you don't sit right here next to me, it's going to be bad, girl. And at this point, I started crying. I tried to stay calm and react normal and I nodded and he let go of my hand and in this time I, I looked and examined him really well. He was wearing ripped jeans and a t-shirt with holes in it and a, a jean jacket. And he started asking me questions. How old am I? What's my name? Where am I coming from? What do I have in my bag? All sorts of questions. He was actually speaking aggressively too and I didn't know what to do. When he saw that I wasn't answering, he mumbled something and then started talking about his interests, the Norse gods and Norse mythology, and I don't know what made him talk about this topic, but I just sat there, listening. It's been almost 10 minutes at this point, and I felt like I, I had no escape. I heard footsteps, and in that moment, I looked up and realized that the train was almost reaching the second to the last station. The footsteps were coming from the old man that I saw earlier and he looked at me and said, Where have you been? I've been calling you and texting you for hours. Come on, we need to go home. I sighed in relief and I could hear the dude mumbling something again. And just before the train stopped too, he asked me if I'm willing to give him my phone number so that we could chat again. I told him that I couldn't and that I just really had to go. The old man gave him a look and we got off the train together. We started walking towards the exit, and when we saw that the train left the station, we stopped. He looked at me and said, Is this your station? Are you okay? Did he hurt you? Is there anything I can do for you? 
I saw the way that he pulled at you and heard the way he spoke and thought that you may need some help. I told the man that I had exactly one more station and that I was okay and just a little bit scared. He advised me that I should talk with a security guard and tell him what just happened and so I, I did. I kept thanking the old man for what he had done for me though and I took the next train and I texted my dad and told him to pick me up from our subway station immediately. In about three or four minutes I got off the train and I was at my station and as I was climbing the stairs to reach the exit... I heard someone yelling, you lying bitch. I didn't have time to turn around because I was knocked down and I screamed so hard and I started crying and started to sort of move to get this man off me. Because I talked to that security guard at the other station, thank god, two other security guards were waiting to check on me. But they were equipped with a taser and when they heard me screaming they rushed over and helped me to get up and they put the man down. They told me to call the police and to wait for someone to take me home and I told them that my dad was upstairs outside the underground area and I just ran to my dad and told him everything and he called the police. The man was arrested and we actually spoke to someone from the media for a short time but they refused to make this case public because the man was a gypsy and it would have been racist to shame his ethnicity and to show the bad side of this minority. To this day, I, I still wonder what was on his mind and what would have happened if that old man wasn't around. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.